Hello and welcome to another episode of Sunday School at Modern Mystic Shop. My name is Kelly Knight. I am your host and also the founder of Modern Mystic Shop. This week we are talking about meditation, but not just any meditation, tantric meditation and how to use this tool to harness your sexual energy. So we have invited Maria Berghoff to come in and teach us all how to cultivate a deep spiritual connection and intimate relationship with your authentic self on a daily basis. What's really interesting is that she was actually raised by two scientists in an Orthodox church, but she has found the teachings of Tantra to be highly effective and a very accessible path to love and healing and transformation in her own life. And so she's going to bring that information and explore how tantric meditation is one solution to help us through the cycles of suffering that we're all experiencing today on our planet. And I love that. I find that there's this whole archetype that I identify with that's sort of like the wounded healer. And what that means is, you know, people are wounded and they have to heal themselves and then they become the healer through that process because they find a modality or a methodology that works so well for them that they learn it and they become an expert and then they bring that forward and share it with the world. So it's really, really quite profound to me that she has found this modality to be super healing for her and now she is paying it forward and sharing this information with all of us. So without further ado, Tantric Meditation, Harnessing Your Sexual Energy with Maria Berghoff. My name is Maria Borgoff, and I'm so excited to talk with all of you today about uh, Tantra, Tantra Meditation, Tantra Yoga, um, and what all that entails. There's so many directions that the conversation could go in. And when I was preparing for this class, I was like, what do you want to hear? I don't know. <laughs> I, could, I could talk about Tantra all day, for many days for my lifetime. I hope to continue talking about it and exploring it for my lifetime. Um, so really, at any point, I'm going to be sharing what resonates with me right now. Um, and at any point, I would really like for you to just let that reflect what, where you're coming from. And we're all coming from a different place. We're all here for different reasons. Even though there's a general topic that maybe uh, brought you here, uh, we're all here for different things. So thank you all for being here this morning. Um, just to kind of do a little, little show of hands so I can get to know who all of you are from these broad questions. Um, who here expresses themselves creatively in some aspects of your life? Cooking, making art, singing, dancing, listening to music, creative expression. Okay, And then who here um, has either previously engaged, currently engaging, or plans to engage in some sexual relationship? Either with yourself <laughs> or with someone else. Yes, okay, good. And then my last question is who here has or wants to develop some kind of spiritual practice? Doesn't have to be a religion. Something that helps you connect with something that's bigger than you. You better volunteer. So we're all kind of coming from different places, but also the same place, too. 
So, little definition. I love the formula word. Uh, language and all of the variations of language. Tantra yoga. Yoga meaning uniting with our mind, body, heart, energy. And tantra meaning to weave together any technique that effectively unites our mind, body, heart, energy. So when we hear the word tantra in the Western world, we pretty immediately associate it with physical sex. Right? If that's what you're associating with that, okay? Um, and that's because we have a lot of discomfort with sex. We don't talk about it. Um, there's a lot of oppression currently happening in our society around it and around the world. And uh, we also kind of suppress it personally in ourselves, just culturally. So that's why we associate it with that. But tantra really means to weave any technique that actually and effectively unites the mind, body, heart, which is what the practice of yoga is. Yoga is that state of union. And tantra is basically saying, whatever brings you there, use it. If it works, do it. Right? So tantra is not a method. It's really a philosophy that inspires a holistic and integrative perspective of the world. So it's not just one way or it's not a what or a how. It's really looking at why. And there's so much information out there right now. Get online, go to Google, ask Google any question you have. Google will tell you the what and the how. But Tantra is really equipping us with the ability to ask ourselves why. Why am I asking Google this question? Why do I want to know how to be healthy or how to be happy or how to build a business or how to build a house or do these things that we want to know? what and how, right? Tantra is asking us the question of why. So if you're not asking why, then we are depriving ourselves of the fulfillment that we seek. So the idea is that if we aim to understand and embody the principles of Tantra Yoga, this philosophy, then we will inherently find ourselves making choices that support the health of ourselves and of everyone around us. And I assume that we all have well wishes for ourselves and for everyone. Like, world peace, right? <laughs> like we're all on board for this, this like grand concept of what goodness would be for everyone and for us. Sometimes we get a little too obsessed with what it would be like just for us. But Really, we have this deep desire for everyone around us to experience that same good wish for peace and prosperity. And so, from the perspective of Tantra Yoga, if we simply adopt these perspectives, then everything will align to make our desires, to realize our desires. So today I'm just going to be presenting some perspectives, and you have the choice of adopting them, trying them out, or just tossing them out the window. So the overall message of Tantra philosophy is that self-love 
cultivate self-love for the purpose of social change. Is that a new idea for anyone? Maybe it is, maybe it's not. Maybe it sounds familiar. That's the idea. That's what I've learned in um, the years that I've been studying Tantra is that I hear these things and I practice these things and I'm like, oh, I already kind of knew that. I don't know how. But so the idea is that this message of self-love for social change, this is inherent in us, this desire for altruism, for everyone around us to be benefiting um, and for ourselves to benefit, is uh, an inherent human desire. So as far as talking a little bit more about Tantra, I'll tell you who I am. My name is Maria, and um, I'm the daughter of two scientists and the Roman Catholic Church. <laughs> so I grew up um, pretty familiar with this um, feeling of living in a dual world. And I was a little confused um, about this nature of paradox. And um, that's what shaped my reality, this perspective. And um, I came to yoga when I was 17 years old, after two experiences happened to me. Because we like to think about things happening to us, right? So two things happened to me. The first thing is I got my heart broken. Got smashed. <laughs> I remember thinking, hey, this is why people call it that. Like, things in my heart, there's a hole. <laughs> something, something has been removed from me. It was a really visceral experience. So that was the first thing that happened to me. And the second thing that happened to me was I had an allergic reaction that brought me pretty close to death. And I don't remember there being light. There's no bright light. It was absolute darkness. And it was terrifying. And so these two things happened to me. And I was 17. And I was like, what? How do I manage these things? At the time, I also had lots of other complicated, confusing, overwhelming things happening hormonally and physically and socially and psychologically. But really, these two experiences were the most visceral experience of ecstasy that I've ever felt. Yes, they were negative, they were terrifying, but they were truly ecstatic. I'll say a little bit more about what, what I mean by that. And so basically what has happened is through these, these experiences, my consciousness has been expanded. People take drugs for that. I, I take, took drugs for that, right? Uh, we, we take things, we ingest things. Our culture gives us drugs and alcohol and processed food and media and yoga and beautiful crystal shops, things to expand our consciousness. And life also gives us traumatic experiences that expand our consciousness. And so that's what happens. I, my consciousness has expanded. Before these things happened to me, I went to a yoga class, and I was like, this is boring. What are we doing? Why are we doing this? I'm looking around at everyone thinking, they must be as bored as I am. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't feel it. I want to leave. And I didn't go back to that class. And then these things happened to me. My 
consciousness has expanded, my reality has shifted, something brought me back to yoga, and I was like, oh, I get it. Oh, this is what, this is why people are here. I can feel something that I wasn't able to feel before. So I kept coming back, and at first I was coming back because I was trying to cope with my pain. A lot of pain, but all of the pain, right, in some way. So I was coping with my pain, but I eventually found teachers and the tradition of Tantra, which gives us a way to sit with discomfort and to cultivate a way to access peace. Okay, so we're going to do a little exercise. Let's take a few breaths together. Inhale and exhale. You can sigh out through your mouth. A few breaths, letting your awareness come to your own seat, feeling your face, feeling your shoulders, feeling your hips, feeling your hands and your feet, and see if you can feel the center of your brain. Can you soften the center and the whole organ of your brain? Keep breathing, and I'd like for you to imagine, I'm going to paint a picture for you with my words, but you are going to paint the picture for yourself using your imagination, using your mind. So keep breathing. I would like for you to imagine as though you're standing in front of a door. This could be any door. Maybe it's a door that you open every day, but maybe it's a new door you've never seen before. So you're standing in front of this door, you look at the texture of the door, you look at the doorknob, maybe you look down at the floor, the threshold that this door cuts off and opens to. And I'd like you to open this door. And on the other side of the door, there's a figure. You see a woman standing on the other side of this door. And she introduces herself as Lalita Chakura Sundari. Hear her say her name as Lalita Chakura Sundari. And as she speaks to you, she tells you, I am the goddess of luminosity. I am the goddess of erotic spirituality. You look at her, you see her face, you see how her skin glows and how her hair shimmers. You look at the clothing that she's wearing, how she stands, the gestures of her hands. And she continues to tell you that her name, Lalita, means she who plays. Keep breathing. 
which tells you that the entire universe exists for the delight of consciousness. She also tells you that she is the personification of samadhi, enlightened consciousness. And as true divine love, she is worshipped by all the gods. But she names in and tells you her secret. And she says that her wisdom commands the laws of the universe, but the direction that she gives is not authoritative. It is collaborative. Take a few more breaths and allow yourself to gaze into the eyes of Malika. to feel her energy existing in you, in your body, in your mind, in your heart. And then begin to feel her energy moving out through your five senses. Before you open your eyes, imagine what it is that you will see when you do open your eyes. And then when you do open your eyes, carry her energy with you. Carry Lalita, she who plays with you as you open your eyes. So one aspect of Tantra Yoga that I study is Taoist psychology. And understanding how to connect with and understand the psychology of these various goddesses in all traditions. Even in the Catholic tradition, there's someone that a goddess. Many goddesses, actually. And we can make up our own energies too. But Lalita Trikonasandari is one energy that I wanted to share with you today. Because of this idea of erotic spirituality, it's fairly new, it was fairly new to me when I first read about it. And I think it's kind of the opposite of what we associate with spirituality in our culture. And so we're going to kind of dive into that today. And Lalita Trakwara-Sundari shares three lights. So remember that what she's essentially teaching us is that the purpose of us existing in the world is to experience the delight of consciousness. Three lights. So she gives us three lights to delight in. The first light is waking, the light of waking. And this is us experiencing the world through our five senses, through our body. And then the light of dream. This allows us to imagine what is possible in our mind. And then the light of deep sleep, where we can awaken to the treasures of the heart. This is the soul. 
lights that she gives us. And I'm going to share three tantric perspectives inspired by these three lights that we can adopt. And when we adopt them, or really when we apply them to our life and embody them through our actions, we will start to see things unfolding that align with our desires. A little disclaimer. Um, these are general practices, general perspectives that we can all use to um, increase our awareness. Tantra yeah. is really the most effective when we embody and take on practices that are personalized. So please know that um, this is kind of like taking a vitamin. Yeah, your body's only going to take what it needs. It's just going to be left out. <laughs> so this is like a vitamin. Um, and then if you look at the same thing with medicine, modern medicine, it does a specific thing. So if we wanted to do something more specifically, then we would want a more individualized practice. But hopefully these three vitamins will serve you well. The first one is the perspective that everything is interconnected. We're in a magic shop, mystic shop. So you probably already adopt this perspective, right? That everything is interconnected. But this continues to expand into the idea that everything and everyone is made of energy. Physics has already proven this. They agree with this idea that everything's made of energy. Tantra goes further to say that everything is made of sexual energy. What is sexual energy? Sexual energy is a combination of physical energy and creative energy. Sexual energy is not just this impulse to have physical sex. Sexual energy is the combination of your physical energy and your creative energy. And the idea is that everything, you, the floor, the air, the animals, the trees, everything, even beyond this planet, the whole universe is composed of sexual energy. Which means that your desires are the fuel for your existence. And that you exist for the purpose of creating and sustaining more life. And all the colors and flavors and sensations that your consciousness wishes to desire, or wishes to delight in. So we can think of our desires as serving an evolutionary purpose. And when I talk about desires, I'm not talking about an ice cream cone, or I want to take a bath later, and I want to have someone pour hot water into my bath on the dream. <laughs> or I want new clothes, or I want all of the items in this shop right now, right? Like that's a want. When we talk about desire, desidere is the Latin word that desire comes from, and desidere means from the stars. So when we talk about true desires, we're really talking about this longing of our soul to be reunited with the stars, reunited with that which we came from. So if we adopt this perspective that we're all interconnected, everything is interconnected, everything is made of sexual energy, 
then we will innately realize our shared desire for health and security. Right? If we're all connected, if everything is connected, you will look around and instead of seeing scarcity, you will see abundance. Instead of seeing resources that are being depleted, you will see ways that we can manage our resources and use them wisely. Right? Ways to support and to continue supporting life. Okay, so in Tantra philosophy, is um, anyone familiar with the nadis? The nadis are energetic lines, and there are three major nadis in the body. There's one that runs up the left side, Ida nadi. This is the feminine energy. This is the creative energy. And then there's one that runs down the right side, which is Pingala nadi. This is the masculine energy, the physical energy. And then those two lines, Ida and Pingala, they really, they look kind of like um, the DNA. They look kind of like that. They, they interweave, and that's what creates the chakras. The merging of Ida and Pingala, the merging of feminine and masculine nadis all the way up the spine is what creates the seven chakras that we're familiar with, or maybe not familiar with, but these wheels of energy. And then there's the third major nadi, this third major channel, it's called Shashumna. Shashumna nadi. This is the central channel that runs along your spine. The goal of all yoga practice and sexual intercourse is to get energy into Shashumna nadi. To have a Right? Get energy into the central channel, move it up. And move it down. Move it out. So we have these three nadis, and we've got the feminine, we've got the masculine, we've got the central. We're not just working with the feminine, we're not just working with the masculine. We are allowing the feminine and masculine to dance together so that we can be in union with Shashumna. And Shashumna means union. It also means joyous mind, which I love. That just is a beautiful parallel to orgasm, right? Joyous mind. We want to get energy into Shashumna body. So interestingly, there's a little parallel. And um, recently, in the past few years, I've learned that there are three major nerve endings at the cervix and at the base of the penis, too. And if you don't have either of those biologies, you still have these three nerves. And these three major nerves run up the spine and into the brain. And so, just a little sexual metaphor because it's simple and easy for us to comprehend. We think that the clitoris on the female biology is the most accessible place for an orgasm, right? That's like the most sensation. But really, the major nerve endings are all the way deep inside the body at the cervix. But in order for that to happen, you have to be willing to travel inside the body and find the cervix. It's a little deeper, it's more hidden, right? But if you get there, 
And if you're willing to explore, the nerves will travel all the way up to the brain in a much different way than when we just work superficially. Right? So, nice parallel. The three nerves, the three bodies. So, we're going to do a little uh, meditation practice here. It's really a pranayama practice a breathing exercise. Um, so go ahead and close your eyes and find a tall spine. So if you're sitting back in a chair, you can lean back, but make sure that you still feel the sense that your legs are carrying you, and rather than slumping. And if you're seated on the floor, it's helpful to grab your knees and to use your arms to help support you. So sitting tall, close your eyes. I love this like buzzing of noise that we have outside. It's just so quiet in here. <laughs> so take this buzzing of noise that's outside of this room and bring it into your body. Because that's often what's going on in the space of our mind, right? Is everything that we're hearing out there is absolute chaos. Maybe that's just me. Often that's what's happening in the space of the mind, the chitta. So take a few breaths here, and I invite you to contemplate this question without having a definite answer. What is love? What is love? Just contemplate. Do not define. What is love? And then starting with a mental alternate nostril breath, we're going to imagine breath moving in through the right nostril, out through the left nostril, in through the left, out through the right. It's not doing what you want it to do, that's okay. You're just watching and imagining as the breath is moving in through right, out through left, in through left, out through right. Just a few more times. Continuing to take all the sound you hear, bring it into your body, Inhale right, exhale left, inhale left, exhale right. Release that technique and pranadharma. Inhale two lines of breath through both nostrils into the center of your brain. Exhale back out through both nostrils. So a few cycles of breath like this. Inhale through both nostrils, expanding the center of your brain. Exhale back out. Feeling the body become empty of breath. Inhale. And exhale. Now slowly bring your awareness to the tip of your tailbone. 
Inhale, watch as the breath moves all the way up your spine into the center of your brain. And all the way down your spine as you exhale to the tip of your tail. So you're watching the breath move. Inhale, up the spine. Exhale, down the spine. Continuing to contemplate. What is love? Inhale, breath up the spine. Exhale, breath down. You would like uh, some movement to help you. Inhale, palms turn up as breath moves up. Exhale, palms turn down. Now the tendency is to skip from beginning to end, to skip from the tail to the brain. But I want you to feel every single vertebra all the way up your whole spine and every single space between each vertebra all the way down your spine. It's natural for your awareness to get caught or distracted or annoyed or angry. You're just continuing to watch this riverbed of energy move up and down your spine. Three more big breaths. And take a big exhale through your mouth. You can go ahead and open your eyes when you're ready. So this is Shashumna Nadi. If that was difficult for you, that's why we move our body in yoga, because this still, this absolute stillness and watching, it takes a lot of time to build that skill, right? Remember, this is a representation of your mind outside all the chaos, all the children screaming, right? Like it's hard to just watch breath move up and down. So this is why we do movement exercises. This is why we practice asana and yoga. But essentially, this is the movement of prana all the time. I'll try to define that more. But to go further, you can imagine breath moving up the back body and down the front body. Up the back and down the front. This is the loop of energy. What happens is we often let our energy spill out. We do not know how to bring it back in. We do not know how to complete the loop or complete the cycle. Breath moves up into the brain and we're just like, oh, expansion. <gasps> All these great ideas, right? And then they never happened because we never brought the energy back down. So we're not very good at finishing the loop, and that's just the nature of the mind. Right? Chaos, endlessness. And then another way that you can imagine it is a figure eight. So it moves up the back, into the heart, back behind you, through the heart, and down the front. But it's much simpler to feel to the back, 
and then draw it down the front body. So this is just one exercise that you can take to start to loop your energy. So this class is called Harnessing Your Sexual Energy. Harnessing. What do you think of when you think of harnessing something? Bring it into yourself. What else? Control. What else? Holding on to something. I think of saddling a horse. And when we put a saddle on a horse, we put it on so that we can ride the horse. Right? Otherwise, it's going to be kind of a hot mess. At least for me, it would be. So we harness something so we can hold on to it, so that we can use it, so that we can control it, but really manage it and start to channel it to where you want it to go. And this is what we're doing with this breath is we're bringing it back. We're bringing it up, we're bringing it back. So that we can start to find ways that we don't have control of it, ways that we're not holding on to it, so that we can tighten the harness a little bit more. Or loosen the harness if we need to. Okay, so the second tantric perspective is that your external reality is a reflection of your internal reality. Are we all familiar with the concept of social conditioning? Social conditioning is the idea that your internal reality is a reflection of your external. You are a, according to social conditioning, this idea, and this truth, you are a product of your environment, right? You are a product of the things that happen to you, the people who raised you, the oppression that you have suffered, everything. You're a product of that. That's social conditioning. Tantra recognizes this truth, absolutely, we cannot disregard that. And Tantra also reverses this notion and asks us to take full ownership and full authority of our life experience by being an advocate for our own desires and by saying that it's actually the opposite as well. Yes, we are a product of our environment, and we have control over who we become. So our external is reflecting what is happening inside. All these people are outside making all of this noise. That's just going to be the example I continue coming back to. Uh, they're making all this noise because that's what's inside of us. And the circumstances that are in your life right now, the challenges, the beautiful things, the people that you meet, they too are all just a reflection of like the stuff that you're carrying inside. So this means that we have to embrace all the stuff. We really like to shove things away, right? Like sweep things under the rug or under the couch. We'll get to bed later. Or maybe like hide the clutter in our house and then it can help tidy up when it's good for me. So we like to kind of shove these things aside because it takes time and it's painful, it brings up trauma, it brings up memories that we don't want to think about. So we like to kind of hide things because we also are a little attached to an identity that we've created. We're attached to this idea of social conditioning. I am this person. I came from this place, I did these things, I know this thing, I do this thing every day. Like we were building this identity, we're attached to it, 
And so when we embrace the parts of ourselves that we don't really want or that we don't like, it's kind of questioning this identity. So I like to think that love is the greatest form of art. And that intimacy is a form of creative expression. So there are many different forms of intimacy. Just as all these different stones that we have here in this beautiful shop. There's all these expressions and manifestations of intimacy. All of these stones, my husband is a geologist and he likes to come in here and tell me about how the stones are formed. And it's really interesting because I like to connect it to the metaphysics of the stone. I always think it works somehow. <laughs> but all of these have different qualities because they all underwent different relationships with the earth, with water, with heat, with time, with pressure. So there are different forms of intimacy. You can think of it as physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, sexual, social. There's different ways for us to be intimate with each other. And the real question is, how are we expressing our own mind, body, heart, energy in this relationship, in this intimate relationship. So what is this energy that we're talking about? I mentioned the word prana. Is anyone familiar with the concept of prana? Okay, good. So in the English language, we define energy, according to Google, we define energy as, you all know this, but we define it as the ability to do work. Does that sound familiar? When we only define energy, something that we are seemingly all familiar with because we're in this place, right? We define it as our ability to do work, to be productive, to achieve. You either don't do something or you do do something. Oh, it sounds so boring and draining and black and white, right? This is a quantitative measurement of energy. This is all that we really have. In the English-speaking language, in the Western world, in Western medicine, we have this idea of like black and white. Numbers are high, numbers are low. Even psychology, which is a new field, really, started as the philosophy of mind, Psychology is still not as respected as other sciences because it qualifies things instead of quantifying them. So from the yoga perspective, the word for energy, for this vital life force energy, is prana. And prana is what permeates the universe and it is what animates all living things. We talk about pranayama, pranayama breathing exercises, and the idea is that we are moving the prana, we are controlling or restraining the prana through the breath. But prana is more than just your breath. 
Prana is what tells your heart to beat. Prana is what makes your hair grow. Prana is what wakes you up in the middle of the night. So prana is this all-pervading life force energy that we really can only understand fully if we look at it qualitatively. We can't just measure it through numbers. We have to create an intimate relationship with it. Like when you contemplate what is love, are you counting? Or were you trying to define it in terms of the amount? Maybe you were trying to define what is great love, but not what is a lot of love or a little of love. So, this is really our task. It's how do we allow ourselves to be intimate, both with ourselves and with each other? The fear of intimacy is just absolutely dominating all of us. This is why we're just like scrolling on our phones and like immersed in other people's lives because we want so desperately to know people. Because when we know someone else, we are getting to know a part of ourselves. We just happen to be putting up lots of walls in the process. And also another reason why we fear intimacy is because it's a mirror. Like Natalie and I are going to bathing suit shopping this afternoon. <laughs> Who here like loves shopping for a bathing suit or a pair of jeans? Right? Because you have to like put it on and you have to look in the mirror and you're like, that's what I am. <laughs> what I've got to work with. <laughs> and I have to go like I have to wear it out because of other people. <laughs> and so when we're intimate with other people, the reason why it's uncomfortable is because it's a mirror. It's like showing you what you may perceive as beautiful or what you may perceive as a flaw. It's just like reflecting you, all your stuff. And so when we run away from relationships or when we sabotage relationships, we're basically just avoiding that part of ourselves. We're saying, no, I don't want that. Not me. Okay, so we're going to do another practice. Another contemplation. Because ultimately, like, we wanted the life, remember? We wanted the life. Alita says she wants to play. She wants to delight. So, I would like for you to concentrate. When was the last time that you felt in awe? Like, absolute awe. Struck with wonder. Everyone share. I had my first astral projection experience the other night. Astral projection experience. Yeah. That sounds pretty awesome. I woke up and I've been trying to do it and I was like, I'm going to try to roll out of my body and then it like happened. So I would say like I was pretty like, I was like wow, that's pretty Yeah, yeah, cool. What else? Um, I got married last Sunday. <laughs> Mary. <laughs> but um, seeing my dad, seeing 
seeing, I'm just looking for one second. So seeing your father seeing you when you were getting married. I just got married last year too. So I did, I feel that. It was the most exhilarating and terrifying moment. So horrible. Anyone else want to say? I'll share. Mine's much more lame than what you guys came up with. Um, I uh, am obsessed with whales and go on these like deep internet holes watching whale videos. And there was this one still that comes to mind of this whale like bursting through the surface of the ocean into the sunshine. And I was just like, holy shit, look at our world. Yeah. 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 Which the internet gave us. Like, I know. It's a like, we have access to the internet, y'all. Like, we're okay. <laughs> yeah. And we can have those moments in, like, something that's, like, not familiar, right? I don't get to see whales every day. But one moment that I had was just walking in this parking lot, and I saw a tree. And I was like, this was a tree that was apparently speaking to me. I didn't hear words, but I was just like,
right? External ritual. That's really important. It allows us to connect to this feeling of ecstasy, to cultivate what we need to experience it. Internal ritual, meditation, mindfulness, awareness is just as important. Mind chatter, you just sitting here talking to yourself, thinking what you're thinking, that is internal ritual. So it's happening whether you like it or not. So you can take intentional, you can kind of intentionally work with your internal rituals and your external rituals. And Tantra says that both are important. So we're going to, for the next minute, two full minutes, I'd like for you to turn to someone next to you. And you're going to turn to someone next to you, have a life partner. Everyone find one person. <laughs> if you have three people, then you can make a little triangle that it will be easier with one other person. Alright, everyone have a partner. It'll be easier and it will be. Do we have an extra person? If we have an extra person, I'm here. Okay, so you have a partner. Okay, we have three here. Yeah? So we have one in the back. If you want to come around and meet with one again. Okay, I'm going to tell you something. Maybe you've done this before. You probably have. It's going to be more enjoyable if you're physically comfortable. So try not to crane your neck or comfortable. We're going to look into each other's eyes. <laughs> so awkward! Why do we hate this so much? So I'm going to ask you to, to not speak. So we're gonna we're gonna not speak for a few moments, and I want you to just gaze into each other's eyes. And you're looking at the person who's across from you, and you are just looking into their eyes. Maybe you see the color of their eyes. Maybe you notice what your peripheral vision is picking up. But I want you to look into their eyes. And while you're looking into their eyes, I want you to feel your belly and feel your body. I want you to breathe in and out. And you stay here for a little bit. And you're just breathing and feeling your own body because the person that you're looking at is not you, and they are you. So as you gaze into this perhaps stranger's eyes. Can you come back to that feeling of what is love? Can you cultivate that feeling of awe? And can you start to notice the parts of you that you don't want to embrace? Or the parts of you that create tension, that make you want to turn away? 
Now, everything that you are feeling right now, the person across from you, I promise you, is also feeling. So now, I would love for you to introduce yourself. <laughs> And when I want to look away, 
in, in all those actions. And when when I notice that, that gives me something to do, to work with. Another question? Anyone? Well, thank you all so much. Thank you so much for listening to Sunday School at Modern Mystic Shop. Please subscribe to this podcast to get new content every Sunday. You can also follow us on Instagram at modernmystic underscore shop. Thank you so much, and we will see you next Sunday.